Hello, everyone. Before we get the show started, the psychosocial podcast is not a replacement for therapy or mental health treatment. The conversation is for informational and entertainment purposes only. If you find yourself needing professional help, seek treatment with a qualified therapist. Thank you. Now enjoy the show. Hello, Hennessy. Hey, did it work or no? It did. It actually sounded pretty good. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Okay, so I think we're ready to start. So thank you so much for joining us, Hennessy's here on Psychosocial. We're very excited to have you. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. I'm really excited too. So we wanted to start just by, uh, you know, letting you have an opportunity to talk a little bit about yourself, what you do, who you are. Yeah, so my name is Genesis Espinoza. I'm a Latina therapist. I am half Salvadorian and half Mexican. Um, yeah, so right now I'm currently working at a contracted DMH agency and have my part-time private practice as well. So I'm working every day right now, but I'm okay. working on becoming full-time <laughs> in my private practice. Okay, so you're you have like dual roles right now? Yes, yes. So I'm like busy. really busy. Yeah. Yes, I have no life. It's really sad. <laughs> so I'm trying to practice what I preach to my clients about self care. Oh yeah. So yeah, I'm really trying to do that. So tell us what got you interested in the field that like the just like the field of mental health and also the population that you're working with. Um, well, it's really interesting. I originally wanted to be a doctor. So my first two years at UC Irvine, mm -hmm. like I was studying like, you know, like biology. And then I started taking, you know, like the intro psychology classes. And that's where I figured out like, oh my gosh, like, this is where I need to be, you know, it came like more natural to me, I was really like excited about learning that versus like the other hard stuff yeah <laughs> like biochemistry and all this stuff yeah i have like traumatic memories from that <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah so that's I'm like okay no i so then i you know i ended up changing my major um that was a really hard decision because ever since i was mm -hmm. little you know my mom was like well you gotta be a doctor and i felt like i wanted that you yeah. know yeah for years i wanted that um but then I just, you know, uh, left it to God. I'm, like, really religious. So mm -hmm. I just kind of, like, went towards the psychology route. And I started, you know, taking on um, doing internships. Like, I was, like, a neuropsychological trainer. That's when I was exposed to, like, children with ADHD. Okay. And so that was, like, really interesting to me. And I'm like, okay, like, this is, like, a better route for me. And I really enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. And that's when I decided to apply for um, grad school for my mft program okay. yeah so that's where kind of it all started yeah and i really enjoyed it um so yeah um yeah i worked at the drake institute of behavioral medicine it's in northridge here in the san fernando valley mm -hmm. um and then yeah when i did my practicum it was at puck partnerships to uplift communities where mm -hmm. i was exposed to like the teenage population and i really liked that and then I went on to the DMH agency where I was a wraparound therapist. And I really enjoyed that. I did that for like about a year. Mm -hmm. And then I went on to another 
um, agency, um, predominantly like Central Americans okay. I worked with, with trauma. Yeah, a lot of like, you know, like sexual abuse. Mm. Um, and that's where I got certified in TFCPT. And again, I discovered, yeah, like I really like working with the trauma population as well. I just feel like their resiliency is very like infectious. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, like I, I get this mm-hmm. like, like awesome sense of like like whoa like do anything's possible you could overcome anything like in life and they kind of gave me a lot of inspiration in my life as well so yeah it sounds like you've definitely had quite a journey yeah <laughs> yes definitely yeah and now you know and I got licensed um in October Mm-hmm. And, congratulations uh, thank you that's a huge accomplishment <laughs> yeah congrats yeah. yeah and then the following month i opened up my, my private practice so okay and here i am <laughs> that's awesome you know it's so yeah. funny you were mentioning uh at the beginning about how your original plan was to become a doctor um uh-huh. i actually did an interview with crystal from through the eyes of a therapist um oh, okay. i don't know if you're familiar with her yeah i'm sorry yeah yeah I know who she is yeah and so she we had it I, well i interviewed with her and uh it was funny because i told her that that was actually my original plan too okay. my parents um my yeah. mom's from guatemala and my dad's from mexico and oh, okay. yeah and ever since i was little i was like i'm gonna be a doctor and this is uh-huh. what i'm gonna do and you know when i started uh my undergrad i started to realize how how part of it was mostly because i wanted to work with people but it wasn't really yeah. like the interest in science or any of that yes that is true i relate <laughs> to that too because i did like internships in like hospitals and i really liked enjoy like i enjoy talking to people like listening to their stories mm-hmm. Yeah. Versus like the science aspect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's funny because I actually didn't realize that personally until I started the um the volunteering portion of my uh program, uh, you know, just for the bio major. And I started uh volunteering at a children's hospital, just kind of shadowing doctors and like helping in the the resource areas and stuff. And yeah, the more and more I went through that process, I started to realize that I enjoyed, like you said, listening to people, <laughs> supporting yeah. them, being that like, you know, shoulder for them to to kind of like just be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And whenever I had to like actually shadow a doctor and go into a room it was so much anxiety for me and I was just like okay yeah I don't think this is what I want to do but I definitely love the people I part I totally relate to that yeah I would shadow doctors too and volunteer at hospitals yeah totally yeah. it's so funny that we have like a similar story mm-hmm. yeah and, and also um tell us about wraparound because I, I think mm-hmm. I I well I don't I didn't mention it but I did intensive services which is kind of similar to wraparound and I know that oh, okay. Yeah, I know that it's it's definitely a lot more high need. There's a lot more that goes yes. into it. So can you tell us about your experience with wraparound? Yeah, for sure. So with wrap, like you have to have an active uh, open DCFS case to have that program mm-hmm. through um, the Department of Mental Health. And so the team consists of, you know, therapists, a facilitator, which is kind of like in charge of the team and kind of like... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, really uh, is present during the meetings, kind of like the leader of the group. Yeah. Um, and then you have a parent partner who works, you know, with the parents and like parenting skills and just, you know, additional support. 
And then there is a child and family specialist. So it's kind of like uh, the clients also like one-on-one person, like they div- they help them develop like additional skills, like social mm-hmm. skills, mm-hmm. like just life skills in general. And kind of like a buddy too, okay. you know. So yeah, it's a pretty cool system that they have, and it's about like family voice and choice. The family comes first, mm-hmm. like whatever it takes to get your DCFS goals accomplished, mental yeah. health goals as well. And yeah, so you could either have their kids back or not lose custody of their children. Yeah, yeah. And you mentioned you also have private practice on the side, and I can imagine that it's a very different experience going from working more independently on your own versus like an actual team oh yeah that was hard yeah because every time there was a crisis like the facilitator would go with me so that was pretty cool that I had like that support you know I wasn't like on my own so yeah and then when I went to like uh, the other agency I went to yeah it was like I was just on my own regular like outpatient therapist so Mm -hmm. yeah I did have like trouble adjusting I was like wait what like no one's gonna pee with me like I have to handle this on my own (laughs) like that sucks yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it feels yeah, like that might suggested. be a, a, a you know a common experience for a lot of therapists who transition because I know a lot of people tend to start in the community mental health services and uh, you know later on they start transitioning over to private practice. Um, you know, not, obviously not everyone, but I can imagine that 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 was a big uh, change. Um, and also, like, what what's been for you like the I guess maybe like the best part or what you enjoy the most about your private practice. Mm-hmm. what I enjoy is the freedom <laughs> honestly <laughs> like I feel like in in DMH like I like the community mental health aspect mm-hmm. but you know there's like really strict policies right yeah. like oh my god I have to submit your paperwork within 24 hours and it's yeah. like progress mm-hmm. notes assessments the client treatment plans mm-hmm. outcome measures I feel like the majority of my time I'm just doing paperwork yeah you know and I feel like in my private practice, I'm able to be more present and attuned with my client Mm -hmm. and not have to worry, oh my gosh, when am I going to do my note? Like, obviously I get it done, but the pressure is not as there anymore, you know, because it's like, Mm -hmm. I know I'm doing good work. I'm making sure that... Um, having a good connection with my client, that my client's needs are being met, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. Um, just mm-hmm. being more present in the moment. Okay. And you mentioned how, you know, you're a very busy person, right? And mm-hmm. you have your part-time job and then you have your private practice, you know, and then mm-hmm. just recently becoming licensed too. that, you know, that took also, I'm sure a lot of your time as well, right? Oh, Studying yeah. and so mm-hmm. forth. And you mentioned um, self-care. So I was wondering if you would be able to talk a little bit more about that. And you also said, like, you know, I need to be able to model what I'm talking and speaking to my clients about self-care. Like, I need to be able to model that. So I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, so self-care. Oh, that's just basically, like, you know, taking care of yourself, you know, doing the things that you enjoy that bring you happiness. Mm -hmm. I feel like you're in charge of your happiness. Like people need to create their own happiness. Mm -hmm. Um, and so whether it be like, you know, going to the gym, 
you know, getting a mani-pedi, mm-hmm. like, going and meeting up with your friend to have coffee or lunch, like, anything like that would help. You know, spending time with family and friends is important. And for me, since I am so busy, like, now I'm, like, trying to wake up, like, at least an hour earlier. And I'm mm-hmm. not a morning person. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah, me, me either. <laughs> you know, I was also thinking about time management, right? Because that would also I uh-huh. think, be a part of the self-care because you have so many things that you probably need to do that you really have to be able to manage your time really well as well. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. So I've been, like, waking up early, going to the gym, before I start my day, because I found, like, no, I am not going to go to the gym after work. Yeah, it's so much harder. Yeah, it's, it's so hard. I'm exhausted at the end of the day. So I've been doing that. And, um, yeah, just moments where I'm, like, overwhelmed with paperwork. I'll be like, no, I need to take a break. Mm-hmm. I need to go to the gym. Mm-hmm. And so I really just force myself. And yeah. it's hard initially, but then once I'm there, I'm like, I'm yeah. like okay, cool. Yeah, that's so interesting you're bringing this up because we actually have a post on our blog uh, from one of our contributors talking about morning rituals. And, uh, you know, when I read it initially, I was thinking like, wow, I really uh, need to start kind of practicing something in the morning to when I wake up because I'm also not a morning person. And from, you know, so far my experience, like the way it's happening now is the first thing I do when I get up is go straight for my phone check all my emails make sure I don't have any so so you know it's definitely Mm -hmm. super important and I think that a lot of us uh, in the mental health field we tend to have such a hard time actually implementing the Mm self-care but we're like that's our first thing you know with clients like I know for me with clients it's always like where's the self-care where's the self-care and it's it's Mm -hmm. it's hard but it's really important for us to also reflect on that you know and ask ourselves the same thing like where's the self-care exactly and I feel like therapists like we have like a really hard job like yeah you know like you know doctors and nurses like yeah like that's a really hard job but I feel like what we do is just like we enter people's lives you Mm -hmm. know and like they give us a permission to um really be there for them and disclose like their deepest darkest secrets like you know severe traumas and like you know vicarious trauma is real like I've experienced it you know Mm -hmm. they tell you you have to have like your walls and your boundaries and I feel like yeah that's important but I feel like you're in the room with that person like Mm -hmm. it's bound to happen where you just like put yourself in that person's shoes and I feel like that creates like that connection for that person to feel safe disclosing all this sensitive mm-hmm. information you know and then yeah so yeah I feel like therapists need self-care after hearing like having tough sessions like that yeah. you know and along with that Hennessy so when you're talking about you know you're listening to your um, clients stories to their history there's also vicarious trauma right Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. is a secondary trauma us as therapists um ends up getting right and Mm -hmm. going back to that self-care piece and how really important it is for us as therapists and what i hear you talking about you know waking up early even though you're not a morning person (laughs) and going to the gym is like you have that discipline right that disciplina and Mm -hmm. um, for example for me is like what I started doing is setting an alarm for myself at night Mm -hmm. like 10 Mm -hmm. o'clock like start getting ready for bed to remind myself 
Yeah. Um, so for me, that's really has been really, really helpful. Yeah, and it's a lot of practice because I mean, you're totally right. It's a lot of emotional energy that you're, you know, that you're taking on, and you're also giving up when you're working with clients, and especially when we're back to back, and you know, our clients really depend on us, and it, you know, it's important for us to be able to be there, um, not just like physically, but also mentally, and that does mm-hmm. take a lot of monitoring, a lot of practice, a lot of uh, handling our own personal business, and um, you know, like I said, I think for me right now. Um, um, that morning piece. And I'm glad you brought that up because I think that's probably one of the hardest um, times for us is just getting up in the morning and saying, let's get this day started and go, you know, all yeah. our appointments and schedule. Yeah. And yeah. Definitely. And even myself, like I've started my own therapy, mm-hmm. you know, so that's part of my thing. Oh, wait, like, therapists the have therapists? Uh, yes. <laughs> what? What's that all about? What? Yeah. <laughs> And it's funny because, like, my mom tells me, like, ¿Por qué necesitas terapia? No te puedes terapiar tú misma. I'm like, really, mom? That's not how it works. So your mom was like, can't you be your own therapist? Yeah. Save some money, right? Because my mom, she's like, I freaking give myself therapy, you know? I talk to God. That's all I need. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, mom. It's different. I can't yeah. conduct therapy on myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, how's so that? it's real, yeah. Therapists do need therapists, seriously, mm-hmm. you know. Why is that important? Often, um, it's important because oftentimes in sessions, you know, you could get counter-transference. So maybe like what your client is telling you kind of triggers something in you, mm-hmm. like a memory, or maybe you went through something similar, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, or you feel like so you're feeling like too much empathy where you're like start feeling sad or anxious for your clients. So it's important to get your own, you know, help. So you could process that outside of your session. So it doesn't interfere with your clients and yeah, the counter transfers, you can maintain like healthy boundaries with clients as well. Yeah. And going back to what Liz said, like, you know, talking about like therapists, having therapists, it really does come as a shock a lot of times for Mm -hmm. people and I think that's another another one of those like stereotypes that or not really well stereotype and also like misconception that therapists mm-hmm. are all well put together and we got all our, yeah. all our things, you know, all our shit together and everything's yeah. great. But mm-hmm. the reality is that, you know, we're people, too, and we go mm-hmm. through a lot of our own struggles internally and externally. Yeah. Uh, you know, we have our own backgrounds, uh, family histories. I mean, you know, I think that that's part of what gives us that that ability to heal with people and co-heal and also like be able to support them, but it is mm-hmm. draining. And I think it, it, it is. is really crucial to have our own space. Um, I also have my own therapist and okay. I, yeah. And I personally love being able to like have my own moment, you know, whether it's me feeling like I'm just complaining or whether it's me feeling like I'm yeah. venting or even uh-huh. just like sharing something that I've had on my mind the whole day, but mm-hmm. it really does make a difference. Um, and it and and you know and, and I mean you have to I think personally for me my own perspective you have to believe in therapy for a therapist you know to be able to have other people come to therapy um, yes, like I don't want to say yeah. like well I don't believe in therapy if I'm a therapist you know I think it's important <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. yeah. So, that is so true I hear that like you know your self care is going to the gym going to bed early having therapy um by another therapist <laughs> <laughs> yes not myself 
and then also I heard you, you know, talk about boundaries as well too. And many mm-hmm. times people think like self care is getting your nails done or you know getting a massage, which is that, which is, great, part, of it. Which mm-hmm. is part of it. But yeah. I also want to um, mention the boundary part, right? Like boundaries. The harder stuff. Yeah. That the the yeah that's oh, yeah. like really where you really got to put that work in. You know, it's really challenging. You know, so to have boundaries whatever you know and that's and that looks different for everybody right like what Mm -hmm. boundaries are and being able to define that for yourself and i think also as just as being human beings as we're learning and growing we have growth then Mm -hmm. our boundaries also can change too Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yes definitely and in boundaries it could be like related to your client but also like with your family and friends you know (laughs) like learning to say no is so crucial like that's something I'm like still working on you know um because I feel like I tend to be more like a people pleaser I really don't like letting people down but it's something about me practicing myself assertiveness skills and establishing boundaries so if it means saying no to like you know like going out to the bar with a friend or something when I have like to you know prioritize work then yeah. i have to say no or if it's like a family member like needing like some type of help with something that is not like as pressing than being like hey you know like i'm, I'm really stressed out right now i have this to do at work like can i get yeah. to you at another time can we establish another time to me you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um so that's something i've been practicing too okay yeah yeah, I think we're all, uh, that's a work in progress for, oh, for all yeah. of us. Yes, yes definitely. <laughs> so you also um, mentioned, I think, when we were talking, well, not like during this uh, interview, but before when we were in contact, that you've also worked with a lot of people in the immigrant community. Yes, yes, I do. So right now I'm doing immigration evaluations. Okay. So I'm working with uh, lawyers and paralegals in the San Fernando Valley and Los Angeles. Um, so people that, you know, LA. are seeking asylum. Yes, I'm from LA, I'm from East LA. Yeah. Hey. And, I, oh, yeah. and, and I'm from Inglewood. Just, yeah. Oh, Inglewood. Yeah. In the house. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm from another hood too. It's Pacoima. I don't know if you guys yeah. know where Pacoima yeah. is. Yeah. yeah, that's where Richie Valens like, grew up or whatever. <laughs> I just saw La Bamba this weekend, so. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, no, we definitely, I know where that is, yeah. Yeah, so, um, wait, oh my God, I totally lost my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> I got too excited about LA. <laughs> Our cities. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. Yeah, no, we were we were talking about uh working with lawyers. Immigration. Yeah, immigration. Shout out. Yeah, so um so with the immigration evaluations, I work with uh people trying to seek asylum. Okay. Mostly a lot of people from Central America I've been working with, predominantly El Salvador. Okay. And and Mexico too. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe they experience like persecution in their country of origin yeah. or even experience domestic violence or, you know, sexual abuse, um, or have been targeted by like La Mara Salvatrucha, like the gangs out there. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so yeah. if they don't flee then then most likely they're like end up being murdered. Yeah. So I've been working with a lot of clients like that that they're seeking asylum okay. through those means. Um 
And then I also do extreme hardship waivers where I interview the U.S. citizen. So it's like a couple, right? So I mm-hmm. interview the U.S. citizen and basically depicting like the psychological, financial, emotional mm-hmm. um, difficulties that the U.S. citizen would experience if mm-hmm. their spouse were to get deported or relocated for yeah. 10 years in their country of origin. Um, yeah. Or if they would like go with them. So we, you know, really yeah. explore that in the mm-hmm. clinical interviews. Um, and then I do the U visa evaluations. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are people that have been a victim of crime. Mm-hmm. Um, there are undocumented. They get a experience of crime here in the U.S., mm-hmm. whether it be like armed robbery, um, like someone crashed into them, domestic yeah. violence. That one's a really popular one. Yeah. Or any type of physical or like sexual abuse, they will qualify. And their members... Um, if they also if they were indirect of uh, victims, they could apply for the okay. the U visa as well. Okay. Yeah, and then there's a program called Victims of Crime. I don't know if you guys have heard about that program. I think so. It sounds familiar. Um, yeah, it's through CalVCV. So okay. if you have been a victim of a crime, um, the state of California pays for your therapy sessions. They oh. um, give you like thirty to forty sessions. Oh, I didn't know yeah. that. Okay. Yes. And if you um, incurred any expenses related to your crime, like if you had to go to the doctor mm-hmm. or had to relocate, like, and if you have receipts, um, they will reimburse you and for that, for those expenses. Yeah. And a lot of people don't know about this. That's so when really I meet great. with them, yeah. I tell them, yeah. Just to clarify, though, that's if you're in like an immigrant going through the process of become, becoming legal. No, even or... separate. No, oh, we don't separate. even have to be in the okay. immigration process. Just in general, if you oh, were okay. if you were a victim of a crime, okay. the state of California will pay for your sessions. So you can be a citizen, and if that yes, happens, you could be a citizen or undocumented. Or undocumented. Yeah. Okay. Oh wow, that's yes, that's wow. awesome. Would, I think yes. that, would we be able to maybe get some information and put a link below if, yeah. if like somebody would be interested in applying yeah, for something like that? Yeah, I could send like you that? guys that okay. for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's that'd be Cal great. It's Yeah. Okay. 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 Yeah, no, we'll definitely put that uh, up for everyone to see if anyone's mm-hmm. interested or curious to learn more. Um, yeah. So, I, you know, I can imagine that that's also really, really heavy work because it sounds oh, like... Oh, it's, it's so heavy. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, because, yeah, victims of crime, yeah, um, the majority are, like, victims of domestic violence, mm-hmm. so, like, pretty gory details that I hear, yeah, and yeah. sexual abuse, like, those are, like, the predominant ones, mm-hmm. um, and then, yeah, and then I do also the VAWA, so it's the Violence Against Women Act, so mm-hmm. that one's, like, primarily for victims of domestic violence, um, yeah, so those are all the evaluations that I do immigration evaluations yeah that's that's a lot of work with trauma and that's interesting because in grad school that was actually the one thing i kept saying i'm not gonna work with this i'm not gonna work (laughs) but there's it almost feels like it's all trauma right we're working with a lot of people who uh Mm -hmm. you know who go through a really really impactful experience and they're you know they come into therapy and they just didn't really know like what it was what why they were feeling that way why it was still there uh especially in our cultura we're taught a lot about being strong and pushing through and like you know not needing to talk about it and forgetting it it'll go away and and that's something that I hear a lot with my clients and 
and the funny thing is that now I've actually learned to really appreciate trauma and really the work that goes into helping people uh, who come in with these experiences. And uh, I think it's really great that you you brought that up and that you're talking a lot about the the gory details because it can get really heavy. Yes, it can. And people break down. So I have to like pause and be okay. Like let's take each and deep breathing. They'll be like, wait, what's that? So uh, another thing that I like about doing the immigration evaluations is that oftentimes I'm like, the first point of contact with mm. any type of like therapist yeah like they're like yeah you're the first like psicologo terapeuta que he visto you know i don't mm-hmm. know about anxiety and depression or what does a therapist do like they yeah. don't even know so it's pretty cool because after you know i conduct the clinical interviews towards mm. the end i make my recommendations because i implement like self-assessment skills like the phq9 the mm-hmm. gad the pcl5 i don't know if you guys are familiar with skills mm. no i don't i don't think so I so think I've used um before. the gad is for anxiety the phq9 is for depression the okay. pcl5 okay. is assessing symptoms of trauma okay. to see if they meet criteria for ptsd so then afterwards you know like yeah, i share like hey like you meet criteria for this diagnosis and like they'll be shocked and i'll be like hey you know like um i recommend therapy mm-hmm. and then more and then they'll tell me oh like before like you know i thought you know therapy was for crazy people <laughs> yeah. you know yeah. like yeah. there's that stigma yeah. and but but go-go, right? <laughs> yes that is so prevalent but then they'll be like well like if this is what it is, you know, like talking to someone like you, then it's not so bad. Like I'm yeah. willing to try it out. Yeah. And oftentimes they'll be like, Oh, can you be my therapist? But then I explain mm-hmm. to them how it's like a conflict of interest. Cause yeah. I'm doing their psychological, you know, immigration evaluation. Yeah. So I refer them out to, okay. you know, my, my colleague. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that that's great. I mean, that you're at the front lines, that you're there for people, you know, to really start to get a taste of what the healing process is in therapy. Um, you know, I know for for me, for example, working in community mental health, uh, there's, you know, we definitely run into a lot of people who don't have uh, a lot of knowledge or understanding of how therapy works. You know, sometimes people come in and they're expecting this kind of like, you know, magical, mystical kind of like scenario, or they're also expecting like getting like, you know, medication shoved in their face. I mean, it, it, mm-hmm. there's so much that, so much yeah. stigma around it. And um, it's yes. funny because our first episode that we did for the show was actually on the top 10 reasons why people oh, yeah, in the community. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Okay. And so we did cover some of those, um, but there's so many. I mean, there's so many different things that people bring in, um, you know, about their idea of what therapy is. And, and it's interesting because, um, you know, there's so many that, that you could easily clarify, but it just, they just get, keep passed down and people just make assumptions, you know, and kind of go wild with the imagination. <laughs> yes, definitely. That is so true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally agree with that. But yeah, it's pretty cool. Like, um, though, it's just cool, like seeing like, uh, then become like, um, so relieved as yeah. like, Hey, like this is not as intimidating as I thought it was going to be. Yeah you know yeah so it's cool like helping yeah i feel like that's like a step to to try to break uh, the stigma you know of seeing a mental health therapist yeah you know like i feel like really like you know accomplished after i meet with them it's a pretty cool feeling that's great yeah i mean i think that that's that's definitely important um 
when we're talking about people, you know, from the immigrant community, uh, when they're starting to go through that process of, of seeking asylum or immigration, um, you know, that they have the mental health piece also be a part of that because it, it, I mean, it's so hard, um, you know, and I say this because my parents came from Guatemala, Mexico, and they were the, you know, they didn't speak English. They were here when they were like 13 and 15. And, um, you know, I've seen it firsthand what that anxiety can cause, what that uh, worry, that lack of language, you know, all these other things that come into play. And, and a lot of times, you know, they're not told about, I mean, they don't have the resources or or nobody really talks about mental health. So I, that's great yeah. that, that that you're doing that work. I think it's it's really crucial. Yeah, thank you. It's it's been so rewarding, honestly. Like, yeah, I feel like well, this is my niche. Like before, I was like, dude, what are people talking about? Yeah. When you talk about like niche, niche, like yeah. I see yeah. all types of people. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, but I see that I find this uh, working with the Latino community, um, the immigrant population, like especially rewarding. Yeah. That's great. And uh, so we are coming to the end of our time and we just really wanted to thank you so much for giving us some time and calling in and being a part of the show today. Yeah, no, thank you guys. Yeah, huge blessing. Thank you guys. Have a great day. Thank you. You too. Yeah, I'll see you. Thank you, Bye. Bye.